Hi everyone, today is a great day. You are listening to the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast, and I'm your host, Abigail Cole from Abby Doodle Productions Videography. Today I got to talk with Andrew Guilford from Andrew J Films. He is such an incredibly talented filmmaker. I am so, so excited to share him with you. Uh, he shared a lot of valuable information with us today, um, especially regarding kind of the client relationship that he really um, cultivates with his clients. Um, he has been married for almost two years to his high school sweetheart, and uh, he was a landscaper before he found filmmaking, and he's been full-time now for about a year and a half. So I am so, so excited for you guys to listen in. Let's get right to it. Andrew, thank you so much for being here with us. If you just want to give yourself a little introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, for having me and, and uh, feature me in this episode. Um, so I started shooting weddings back in uh, May of 2017, so just over two years ago. I was finishing up the film program at Liberty University, and they were a really young program at the time. Um, and I had a friend who also went to uh, Liberty with me, asked me if I could film her wedding. And I had no idea what that looked like. Uh, at the time she asked me, about a year and a half before her wedding, I didn't own a single piece of gear. Like I didn't own a camera, a lens, a drone. I couldn't have told you what any of those things meant. Mm-hmm. Um, but about a year and a half later, her date rolls along. I bought a camera, one lens, uh, a glide cam, and a, a drone. I think I had a Phantom 4, and that's all I had. And um, I shot the wedding for, I think, $200. And at the time, I was like, holy crap, I just made 200 bucks. Like, (laughs) this is awesome. Um, But I went home, edited the video in about two days because I was super excited, had never done anything like this, sent it off to the couple. And within a week to two weeks, I had almost a dozen people message me on Facebook asking if I could film their wedding. And even then, I didn't click with my, I guess, 21, 21? No, I was older. 23, 23 <laughs> or 24-year-old brain uh, that maybe I can do this more often and it can be, you know, it can actually be a job. I just thought of it as, okay, cool. I'll keep filming while I try to figure out what I want to do for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I filmed another wedding a couple months later in July, a handful in August, September, and October, And then in 2018, so just I think seven months after shooting my first wedding, I said, I'm no longer landscaping. Uh, I'm going to pursue this full time and see what that looks like. On paper, it looked good and it was a little bit better than landscaping, uh, financially speaking. But I still had, uh, had no experience and didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I know as well as you do that videography is still, unfortunately, often very low on the list of necessity when it comes to weddings. So how do you frame it to your couples of like, this is why you should definitely have a wedding video? If you go to any wedding videographer's website, like nine out of 10, if not more, will say, here's why you need video. Or there's a question mark saying, why, why should you get video? And I think it's a good question. It's a fair question and it makes sense. But I think if you can reroute the question instead of asking why need why do you need video and you can phrase the question, what is video? Mm-hmm. If you can then break down that question and, and and show, visually show with audio or you know, audibly audibly tell and show with audio, visually show with visuals and movement and emotion, you can get people to understand what video is and when they understand what it is they will then know why they need it. Instead of trying to go at it from the why, here's why, it's like, here's what it is, 
and you're going to totally understand what it is. And once this two minute video or two minute pitch of what film is, you're going to say, I need that. I don't know why maybe, but <laughs> I might still not know that why, but I know what it is and I want it. Yeah. I love that answer. I think that's awesome. That's so cool. So I know you haven't been doing this a super long time, but how have you seen it change and shift in the time that you have been doing it? Um, there's definitely been more and more people getting into the video market mm-hmm. um, for weddings. And I think that's a good thing uh, because I, I feel like it it, uh, it definitely balances out that – it kind of fills in that, that huge hole and gap between photo to video um, numbers because right now – I'm saying for every like 20 photographers, there's one videographer. And honestly, there's probably more than that. Um, It's just even being two years into it and raising my prices and working at bigger venues and working with higher paying clients and higher end photographers, a lot of these people I'm working with are still saying you're the first videographer I worked with. And I'm like, how is that? Like you're out of Richmond. How have you not worked with another videographer? You're out of Charlottesville. You've worked at Pippin Hill. You've worked at these huge venues. How have you not worked with another videographer? And so I've seen that changing in just the last, probably just the last year. Now Mm -hmm. maybe my, I wasn't looking for it and I wasn't involved as much on these wedding groups and pages, but I'm seeing people younger than me getting into it and they're doing it. They're starting to do it full time. I'm seeing the educational side of things grow, you know, exponentially into where like two years ago, I thought my first film was really good compared to most people's first films. Now, Every other day, I'm seeing people say, here's my first wedding, and while they might have color balancing issues or exposure issues or things like that, um, their first films, I think, look better than mine. Yeah. Um, so I'm already seeing there's so much good, solid education out there for people to have ac- to, to get access to that it's drastically raising the quality of work. Um, and so and just based on some ads I've seen and listening to some other podcasts, I don't think your big pitch anymore can be your quality. I think it's great that you said, you know, it's not always up to the quality anymore. And I think a huge piece of it that we talk about a lot is like the personality behind it and the customer service behind it. Um, So I really, really, really want to get into that more because one of the things I really admire about you and the way that you do your business is that it's so client focused and you really take care of your couples. So if you just want to kind of talk a little bit more about maybe that, um, that growth from when you first started to how you do it now and just how you're making your couples feel really special. I feel like so much of my growth has come from one stupid mistake after another uh, in the first, yeah, in the first like seven months of filming weddings part-time when I was still landscaping. Mm-hmm. Time, time management was one of them, uh, kind of meshing or kind of going from time management hopping to the next category would be communication or the lack of hum- communication thereof yeah. because – I would go into the, you know, I'd book a couple, they'd reach out to me on Facebook Messenger um, and say, or my Facebook business page and say, we want to book you. How much do you charge? I'd send my packages. They would book me because, I mean, they liked my work and I was like really, really cheap at the time. Yeah. And, but I was noticing, I was noticing that I would show up to, well, I'll, I'll get back to this. I'll, I'll kind of stay on the communication. Sure. Verbal side of things is that I wouldn't really talk to them after they booked me. 
Mm-hmm. I show up on the wedding day, and then after the wedding day, I like I didn't send them an email, I didn't shoot them a message, I didn't shoot them a text, I didn't update it, I didn't post anything on my Instagram feed, I didn't post a video on my story or my actual page, I didn't post anything on Facebook, and then like three months later, uh, I mean I had a full time job at the time during a lot of these first like 10, 12 weddings. But I didn't communicate any of this with my my couples. I didn't tell them here's where things are. Here's here's kind of like it's in this stage, and uh, here's kind of how the process of things are moving. Everything's backed up. Like I just didn't. I didn't even talk to my couples before, and even worse after the wedding. Yeah. And so I have couples being like, "Where's my wedding film? Where how th- how are things going?" And so that frustrated me, and I wasn't. It wasn't clicking with me. Hey, maybe if you talk to them once a week or even twice a week, they wouldn't bug you. They'd be more understanding. Like I slowly figured out how to kind of, I guess, save my back, um, have a good save. But I was still doing this, these kind of things and expressing and communicating these important things with the couple after the wedding instead of before. Mm-hmm. And so I would edit a video and the couple would say, I hate, like, I hate the song. I don't know the song. Can we like pick it? And I would get frustrated. But it took me like probably six months to finally figure out why well, I, I should just start, you know, talking to them about music before the wedding. Right. Um, I should tell them how long it's probably going to take after the wedding. I should let them know, hey, uh, do you want me to talk to you once a week? Do you want me to talk to you once a month, or do you want me to not say a thing to you until I'm done? Like I, I never, I didn't ask questions. Uh, the questions I did ask weren't good questions. They weren't, they weren't really helping the couple or giving them insight as to what things would look like after their wedding. I think the one moment that stands out to me with the whole client relationship side of things is when I filmed, um, I filmed like a save the date video for a couple and that couple was friends with my wife and her family. Uh-huh. So I went in like, okay, I kind of, this is one of the first couples I really, I kind of know just cause they know my, my wife and her family mm-hmm. filmed that engagement session, got to know them really well, heard their story. And then four months later I show up to their wedding and after like maybe an hour, it finally clicked up, clicked, clicked with me. I'm like, this is the first wedding I can think of that I don't feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, I'm talking with the bride. I'm talking with the groom. I gave both of them hugs when I showed up. I like, I know them. I should try to do. I should start doing this. I should. I want this more often. <laughs> well, how how can I do that? Maybe I should like friend them on Facebook or, or follow them on Instagram or or something like that and start building a relationship beforehand. And I'm like sitting there, all this going through my brain the entire day. And so I've started doing that where when someone inquires, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna follow you on Instagram. You don't have to follow me back, but I want to I want to know more about you. So that when I show up on the wedding day, I'm one step shy of being a friend. Yeah, I love um, that. I mean, I've probably said it in every single episode so far, but um, I preach constantly about how personality and warmth and especially your photographer and videographer is so important because you're going to spend all day long with them. Like you can't get away from them. You've got to drive with them. Being transparent with my couples on pricing, on how I price, why I price like I do. um, And this is another aspect of trying to get people to buy into me even more so than a final product mm-hmm. is that if they can go to an about me page and and not just watch a video on what video is but if they can also watch a short video on like why I give a crap about your marriage why I I I look at it as this revered should be the best relationship you have with someone in this life type of thing mm-hmm. and if people can you get that communicated to them, 
like, uh, you know, hopefully they like my work or they think my work is good. Like if my work is really bad, it might not matter what my personality is. But if they can see and hear that and feel that before they've even watched my work, it's like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm just, it's transcending any thought of, you know, it's transcending, transcending the whole idea of I need a videographer or I, I need to fill this vendor position. Yeah, It's going to be more like, I want this guy at my wedding or I want this girl at my wedding because like they're an amazing person. Oh, and they also are going to make a killer wedding video for me. Yeah. So are there certain things that you've been doing that you can kind of track and, and see that growth? Things that you've been doing that are proving to to pull those ideal clients more in your direction? In just the last few months, since I've been a little bit more verbal and visual with my face and showing my personality and posting a little bit more of me, and it's like sometimes it's kind of serious I won't say serious. It's either me having a great time uh, getting a shot of the couple mm -hmm. or it's actually me being like really weird. <laughs> Not really weird, but like my, my version of weird. Yeah. Um, me being me. And uh, the, the kind of me that embarrasses my wife. <laughs> so, um, since I started doing that and since I've – I don't know. It, it's hard to – you know, I haven't been doing this long enough to, to actually be able to point to two or three dozen different couples. Sure. But since I've started interacting and engaging more with my couples on Instagram and Facebook and commenting on their stuff and um, commenting on stuff that their photographer is doing and interacting with other brides before I even get to certain brides' weddings, you know, that's later on this year. Yeah. And they see stuff like that. Yeah. So as creatives, we often talk about our why, like why we're in this business. And I know that some of yours has to do with just your strong belief in marriage and um, and how important you think that is. But what else would you say to people when you talk about why you are a wedding filmmaker? When I was finishing up film school and before I'd ever done weddings, um, I was about ready to just completely stop filmmaking and video work altogether just because of the environment that had been created, kind of you know toxic, people had been labeled, and a, a lot of talented, skilled people didn't get a chance to really show that they were good at doing lighting or sound or camera work or things like of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, I couldn't believe that something that I had been in love with more than anything, so from, the, from the age of 13 and seeing Lord of the Rings for the first time, <laughs> I couldn't believe that I was at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't feel like I love this anymore. Hmm. I have no, and I'm sitting there mentally trying to go, no, like that's not possible. But all my feelings and my emotions were like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I got into weddings and I had a lot of people say, are oh, you going to get burned out real quick? And I almost did. I had that, you know, those first, those first dozen weddings, half of them, were like really, really tough. And a lot of it was brought on by my lack of communication and me not knowing how to run a business mm -hmm. and how to interact with, with people. One day it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, I think I know what my motivation is and it's people hmm. because I'm like, it can't, it can't be the love of editing and filming and color correction because that was stripped from me somehow, some way that there was a point in time just two years ago that didn't matter. Didn't matter how much I loved those things, I didn't. Mm -hmm. It didn't make me want to keep doing it anymore. And as I've implemented all these different strategies and these intentional approaches to dealing with my couples, it's dawned on me. I'm like, I, 
just with one couple to the next, to the next, to the next, I'm loving this more and more. I'm not getting like, ah, oh, I've done 40 weddings. I've done 60 weddings. I've done 80. It's, it's slowly wearing me down. It's more like I, I keep getting to meet new, new people, more and more people like, I, that that is what drives me and it's it's just so special to me yeah that is so cool that is so cool to end each episode i like to ask for a few things the first of which is either like an uplifting anecdote or maybe your favorite part of the job so if you want to share that i guess it depends on the the day and the time <laughs> of the week and who i'm talking to and my mood many things factor into that yeah. to, to answering this question i think one of my favorite things as of late has been the consultation mm -hmm. and meeting with couples or FaceTiming with them because that's your chance to want to sell them on your personality, answer any questions they have. But at this point in time, it's like, well, I usually ask uh, jokingly, all right, so you're 21. Um, is this like your third or fourth marriage or is this like <laughs> your first? And they're usually like, aha, he, like, you know, get all giddy. And they're like, this, this is our first. I'm like, okay, I thought so. I just had to ask. Based on that, you probably don't know what questions to ask or whatever questions you do have to ask. Um, you might not know that these are better questions to ask or things that are going to happen on your wedding day and you don't know to ask, what do we do if this happens yeah. on our wedding day? And so that's just one little example of the many things that come up. And I think, that, you know, as of recently, that's my favorite part of the job is the consultation and letting my just thoroughly and clearly explaining to my couples what they can expect, what this will look like from now until their wedding day, what the wedding day will look like or could look like, what after the wedding will look like. I love that. You're making me so jazzed. I want to like freaking go do a million consultations this week. Like, dang. Let's um, go out. Yeah, let's go out in the street and start, I'll just start <laughs> educating off ours. strangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. I love that. Okay. Um, and then how about one pro tip for the couples listening? Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's budget is different. And so those, those are the three things I bring up also in consultations with each of my couples or to people who are inquiring on, on like a Facebook group asking, why, why should I get video? And after I break down that, you know, in a small sentence or two um, of why I think it, it's a need and you should get it. I then break down, I'm like, but here are the three things you still have to consider. One, what, you know, what's your budget? Can you afford what you want? Um, two, is the quality there? Is it something, like, you can afford it, but, like, are you going to watch it once and be like, this sucked, I'm never watching it again, that was a mistake, I wasted money? Mm -hmm. And then number three is the reciprocity, like, the relationship side of things. Like, do I want this person around me at my wedding? Do I want to deal with this person for the next six to 12 months? Um, if you can hit all three of those things that, you know, you've got the money, uh, you like the work and this person has just convinced me that they're more valuable than those other two things combined. Yeah, I want that. If you can find those three things, I mean, I think you, why not go for it? You might only have a budget of a thousand dollars, but you can find someone out there. I think who was, you know, similar to me where I never shot something. I did it for cheap right. for the couple absolutely loved it and it was still better than a lot of <laughs> a lot of other it wasn't great it wasn't the greatest thing by any means or stretch of the imagination but it's something they love and they, they've posted it now back to back years on their anniversary yeah. and I have a relationship still with them and they referred uh, two of my couples coming up this year and next year um, but that's that's what I would share with with couples who are like 
do I need it? Do I want it? And then how about a pro tip for other wedding vendors listening? What I would share, what I've shared with a lot of other videographers, I guess I would share with other vendors. Um, I think photographers are already, for the most part, nailing this, is that client meeting and hitting and going above and beyond that client expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, they know their couples, even compared to what I've done. Every photographer I've worked with, like they just know everything about their couple. And that's like I still aspire to get to that point. But I would encourage other vendors to, you know, if they want to attract couples that want them to invest a little bit more than just eight hours of their time in a consultation, um, I would say be transparent and open with your clients, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on your availability, on your pricing, on just how you interact with, uh, with all of your other couples in the past and how you will interact with your upcoming couples before, during, and after the wedding, and try to ensure them of that. You can only ensure them so much. Um, I mean, they can pay you as a professional. You can have 100 weddings to show for your past work, but you still have to follow through and deliver on that upcoming wedding. It's not a guarantee, but you do everything you can. I would encourage you to do everything you can to, to really guarantee and just sell them on you and say everything else will fall into place if you have me as your DJ, as your coordinator, as your florist, everything's going to go great. You're going to love it. And uh, leave me a review on Wedding Wire and <laughs> when you're done. Yeah, uh, perfect. And tell us where people can find you. Um, people can find me uh, being most active and living on Instagram mm-hmm. um, at Andrew J Films. And uh, J is my middle name, J A Y. So it's not just the letter J. So Andrew J A Y, Andrew J Films. And I think my uh, tag name is Andrew J underscore films. And then also same thing on Facebook, Andrew J films. Those are the two places I post most often. So, yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being on this podcast. I am so thrilled to have been able to chat with you. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. You can find all of Andrew's information, his social media and website links in the show notes. And you can hop on over to our Instagram. We're just at DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. Leave a comment on his post. Let us know what you loved about this episode. And if you have anyone in particular that you would love to hear from or hear about, you can shoot us a DM and let us know. If you're on Apple, leave us a review. Let future listeners know what they can expect and why they should tune in. Till next time.